Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Thank you so much for tuning in to Infertility and Me podcast. I'm your host, Monique, and today I have a very special guest from Nigeria. She is our first guest from Africa to come on and speak to us about her journey and what it's like there in Africa and if there's any differences from what we experience in the U.S. and wherever you are listening from, friend. And her name is Ola Jumoke. And I'm so glad she taught me how to say her name. It's a beautiful name. I didn't want to mess it <laughs> Thank up. You. <laughs> Thank you so much, dear, for coming on today. And just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you and your husband have been married and such. Um, my name is Ola Jumoke. I've been uh, married uh, to my husband for almost six years. Uh, July, we make it six years that we've been together, um, that we've been married officially, basically. I've been trying to have a child from the minute we got married because I got married at the age of 33. I was 34 the very next month after I got married. So I knew that I didn't have a lot of time. I knew that 35 was at the door and I, I didn't have any time. I had I'd, we had decided to start trying immediately we got married. So um, we tried, uh, we've been trying, and it's not really been successful. We've gone through a lot of heartbreak, um, miscarriage. Um, we've had failed IVF cycles. Well, basically, it's, it's, um, it's been a journey of heartbreak. Um, month after month, when you see your period, it, instead of you to be happy that at least you're seeing your period, you're I feel this sinking feeling in my heart, basically, every time I see my period. So um, I've been trying to be a mother for six years. I haven't been successful yet. Uh, well, but I'm eager to share my story because there's a lot of us out there. There are a lot of women, African women, women of all colors that have gone through, uh, that have experienced what I've experienced. And so hiding this journey is not going to help anyone. So that's basically the 411. That's just the um, basic story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and did you guys seek treatment right away or did you try at home first, you know, uh, naturally? No, we didn't seek treatment at first. Uh, for the first two years of marriage, because we got married in 2014, uh, for in 2014 and 2015, we thought, we felt that we're, we're healthy. I knew that I didn't have a lot of time because I'd had a myomectomy um, like eight years before that uh, I'd removed a huge fibroid from my from my womb, basically. And so mm-hmm. I, and I was told by the fertility, by my doctor, my gynecologist at the time that you need to get pregnant as soon as possible. <laughs> so I knew I didn't have a lot of time when we first got married. And so I tried to encourage my husband to let us seek treatment, but he didn't think there was anything that he didn't feel there was a problem. And so for the first two years of marriage, we didn't seek um, treatment. And even if we sought, I was the only one that went to the doctor. I was the only one that that did all the tests and even when the um, gynecologist insisted that he had to be he had to come in to do his own tests it was it was a it was an uphill battle so no for the first two years we didn't seek um, um fertility treatment it was in the third year that we uh, my husband finally understood how important it was for us to consider that option and so that's when we started Wow. Okay. And and how and, and what kind of protocol protocol were you on when okay. you guys finally did go to your first console and they did the full workup? Did they find any issues? Um, being that yeah. you had oh, myo myomectomy. Yes. Um. Well. Um. Yeah. Of course. Um. 
well, I, I let the gynecologist know about the myomectomy. And so they were like, okay, that is something to consider. So we need to check your tubes to be sure that they are not blocked. So I did a HSG, which was very painful. Oh my goodness. Um, to check, to, check um, to see if my tubes are fine. The gynecologists were not eager to put us on a treatment uh, to send us to fertility specialists yet. And so I was put on um, five or five different cycles of Clomid for the first, I did Clomid for the first uh, month and we were put on timed intercourse. And when it didn't work, um, the gynecologist tried five, four more times. And it was uh, after the fourth failed um, Clomid uh, treatments that in 2020, 20, towards the end of 2016, he told us that he advised, advised us to seek a fertility treatment that there was. And because of my age, my eggs were starting, the quality of my, my eggs were starting to drop slightly. So the, the gynecologist said, okay, 2017, I want you to consider to at least go to a fertility specialist, do a few, do some tests, find out how, how much it is and decide if you want to go ahead. But I would advise you to do fertility treatment, treatment with a fertility specialist. And that is what we were going to do it. And then I got pregnant in 2016 in December. And so we're excited that, yes, it's finally happening. Mm-hmm. But I had a missed miscarriage uh, about three months later. Well, a missed miscarriage. I don't know if you know what that is, sis. Do you, do you know what that is? Yeah, but you can go ahead and explain it just in case someone oh, else okay. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a missed miscarriage basically means that um, the fetus has stopped growing. The fetus doesn't have um, a heartbeat, but the fetus does not leave the body until a while later. So the fetus is already dead. But it doesn't. It hasn't left the body yet. So the woman still thinks she's pregnant, but she's not pregnant. She's not experiencing any pregnancy. Any pregnancy symptoms? Okay. Because according to the gynecologist, a fetus is not viable until twelve weeks. Until it's twelve weeks, it's gotten past the twelve-week mark. That's when they start to do things like scans and blood work and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, I ha- the, the hospital that I was in did not did not agree to any of to a scan. I, I was so eager to hear my baby's heartbeat but they refused to do a scan. So I changed hospitals. And mm-hmm. after a number, after changing hospitals a number of times, I got to a private hospital that was eager to do a, to do a scan, at least to let me know how the baby was doing and all that, but there wasn't a heartbeat. And that's when they told me that, are you sure you're pregnant? And I was, I was quite offended by that question. But they told me that there's a possibility that I've had a missed miscarriage and I will the, the body, my body is going to expel the fetus. It sounded so cold when the gynecologist was saying it was a male gynecologist. And he said he was quite upset because this was my yeah. first pregnancy and I felt he could have been nicer. But anyways, that's, that's a story for another day. So I had a miscarriage and uh, we were told to hold off on any form of baby making until my body had healed. And they gave us, um, they gave me two months, two, three months to heal completely and then after that they then I was then encouraged to go to a fertility clinic and that's when we did our first fertility treatment it was uh, so basically after that we did um we've done three different cycles mm-hmm. three cycles of of um IVF since then they haven't been successful unfortunately wow and did you have any other um well you said it wasn't successful so there weren't any more um miscarriages or anything like that then no, I didn't. I have not. I've not gotten to that point yet. <laughs> yeah. At all. Yeah. So, were when you when you had the three unsuccessful cycles, were they all were all of the embryos transferred back, or did you lose an M baby? 
Oh, well, um, for the first two, unfortunately, the, the first two cycles, uh, they were able to, um, um, what's the word, um, harvest a larger, at least 14, between 14 and 15 um, eggs to use. And that was good news for me, but not one of them matured beyond the, beyond the fifth day of maturity. Okay. Okay. Um, or uh, when they were injected, rather, or some, most of them died before they reached maturity. Mm-hmm. And for the matured, matured ones, um, when they were injected with my husband's semen, they didn't survive. Mm-hmm. But for the very first time last, we went to a different fertility clinic from the one that we used the first two cycles. And in the third one, for the very first time, the, I mean, the eggs, there were eggs that survived the three day uh, or the growth period and got to day five. And so there were eggs to transfer back into me. So the, uh, the, the gynecologist got, no, the fertility specialist got two matured eggs with different varying uh, quality to transfer back into my body. That was the, the last cycle I did. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, they didn't attach to the lining of my womb, so a pregnancy did not happen. Okay, okay, wow, wow! You guys have really been through it, especially with all of the moment cycles that oh, you were my. on prior to. Yeah. But you, I do remember you saying that they discovered your quality of eggs were starting to diminish mm-hmm. um, as you got older. Okay, yes, yeah, wow! It's just you know it. You get, you get so many. You had a lot of eggs, so that was like, you go on this roller coaster where you're like, okay, yeah. you know, maybe we'll get at least ten or five or all of these things. And exactly. a lot of women I'm seeing and have connected with um, are getting large amounts of eggs, and the disappointment of any of them not surviving or just one or two out of that fourteen or fifteen or more, you know, not making it to the five day blastocyst stage. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of disappointment there. there, Was there any time during those three cycles that you guys do it back to back or did you take breaks and kind of regroup with Um, one another? Well, for the first two cycles, they weren't back to back, but there were, there was one month uh, of rest between the first and second cycle cycle for the third cycle. It took almost a year, I think about, yeah, no, not almost a year actually. Um, before we decided to do the third cycle, which was in December last year, and um, we this the the level of success that we experienced encouraged us. But it's it's a lot of money, sis. It's so expensive yeah. to do uh, to do IVF. So uh, we're taking a minute. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, yes. I can only imagine. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And then with having COVID and everything, and forcing us to be at home more, which is good. You know, you get. To, to regroup emotionally and yeah and, sure. and, and talk you know have some time to talk to God if you're spiritual or religious you know yeah. and and just trying to connect back with your spouse because I think that a lot of times with infertility we become so used to the train effect of it and and uh, we can become disconnected intimate wise with our spouses so you know it's a blessing and a curse you know what I mean at the same time uh wow it so, is appreciate you so much dear for a thank you thank you for thank you for for listening (laughs) oh no it's my absolute pleasure and I um, am just so glad that we were able to connect through social media and because otherwise we would never found each other and um, I just think that it's uh, so important 
that because I do have some listeners from different parts in different countries in Africa. And so I, I feel like with having you on, you're a voice for the, the African community community there and for also women of color here, whether it be Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, South Asian descent or anything here in the U.S. And so I think it's going to be really powerful. And um, maybe some more women will come and speak up and, and give voice to their pain and the suffering that they and their spouses are going through with infertility. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you if there are any advocacy type groups in uh, Nigeria, specifically where you are for infertility. Oh, yes. Is it kind of like, oh, yes. How, how is it working there? Oh, well, um, on social media, a number of uh, women that are in my age group have created one or two social media groups that have uh, to, to help women that have lost children. There's the Bebe ha- Haven, there is a healing cradle. So, but um, when it comes to counseling, that's the challenge because I, I'm, I'm having a challenge even going for counseling concerning that, um, that miscarriage and it happened three years ago. Mm-hmm. So, but that's amazing though. I'm so glad that, that other women in uh, Nigeria and all over Africa are doing uh, things to connect with one of one another. And so that nobody is silently suffering. I just, I was a silent sufferer. So, you know, I know how important that is in mm. being able to connect with someone and have someone to relate to you and feel what you feel and, you know, create sisterhood um, outside of our families who may not always understand. So um, that's amazing. Would you like to share your Instagram handle for anyone to reach out to you if they feel like they need a hand or they need to connect with someone who has been where they are? Oh, you, yes, of course. It's at Olajumoke LBE. Awesome. And I'm going to have it in the show notes so that people can tap and go and reach you on that Instagram handle for uh, support and, and mm-hmm. help one another really and, and continue to heal. And I appreciate you so, so very much, dear, for coming on and Thanks just being for an me. advocate for, for women all over the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Monique. Thanks for having me. And thank you for having this amazing podcast because we need more pod- podcasts like these. Yeah, we definitely do. And, and, and representation is a big thing, especially, you know, in communities where the topic is more taboo than others. So exactly. I, yeah, 